Welcome to our Wednesday night gatherings. Uh, summer is over. <laughs> the fall is already beginning. And soon the snow will fly and the cold will descend upon us. Boo. <laughs> if that made a difference, I would see why the boo, but it's not going to make any difference. So it is what it is. But anyway, we're back now. Kids are going back to school. The moms, thank you, God, you know. So uh, uh, maybe they're not quite as excited about it, but now we're getting back into the normal groove of things. Want to welcome to our campuses in Appleton and Stevens Point, joining with us as well tonight. Uh, We're excited that you're a part of our gathering. We are kicking this off tonight with uh, baptismals. Uh, We've got several people being baptized in Stevens Point and in Appleton and I'm like 30. Is that right? Here. That's a lot of folks. Like 40 some people. Here. And we'll get into that in just a minute. But uh, we want you to kind of gear up for uh, getting back into the groove of regular life now that the summer has passed and the kids are in school. And uh, make Wednesday nights part of your program. We have great programs for the kids gathering together as well as the youth. Uh, And then our Wednesday night Bible study, where the adults gather together, and we go through the Bible one verse at a time. And as you can imagine, that's not done all in a couple of weeks. (laughs) It takes a little while to go through it, but we're not in any particular hurry. Uh, We've gone all the way through the Old Testament, uh, and we're partway through the New Testament. We want you to join with us. Uh, If you have, I know a lot of people, all their Bibles now are, most of my Bible is on a tablet, so, but uh, either bring your tablets with you, <laughs> or, or uh, if you still have a paper Bible, bring that with you, and get really familiar with the Scriptures. The best way that you can learn about the Scriptures is to go through it. A lot of times, we break the Bible down into topical categories. In other words, we're going to talk about, even like tonight, we're talking about baptism. I'm going to hop around to different verses in the Bible, which talk about baptism. That's fine, but at some point, really need to actually experience it like it was written. It wasn't written in chunks jumping all over the place. It was written in context. What did they say? Why did they say it? What was important about uh, the Christian experience? And we'll do that one verse at a time. And uh, let me encourage you, make it a priority uh, in your life. People who have successful lives have them on purpose. Everybody say on purpose. On purpose. I know that sounds silly, but you have no idea. The truth of the matter is the bulk of our culture today in America believes life happens accidentally. That if someone's successful, they're just luckier than someone else. That they got a better break than someone else. And then you have all the aggrieved who don't feel that life has been fair to them, griping and complaining against the others who were more fortunate than them, and everybody's going at each other's throats, and it's just crazy. That's not how life works. People who succeed, succeed on purpose. The lucky people are the ones who studied really hard in school, or practiced their instruments lots and lots and lots, or worked 18-hour days. It's amazing how lucky you can be in business 
if you will work your guts out and stay you know, persistent and invest everything you have, put it on the line. Some people lose, then they do it again, lose, then do it again. Uh, you know, people who succeed in life, they do it on purpose. We talk a lot about relationships here at Celebration Church. The people who have good relationships do it on purpose. I'm just finishing up a book now uh, targeting uh, single women. And it's called Being Found. And you, you, where do you see the cover? It's hilarious. It's, it's like a romance novel. And on the front, some manly man holding this girl, you know. And, uh, and really, the whole book is like blown to smithereens. All the myths and nonsense that people think, uh, how they find the love of their life. You know, it's not accidental. They're not they're just waiting for some cosmic thing. No, people who have great relationships do it on purpose. It is what it is. Couples who get along well, they do it on purpose. Every area of life, it's all done intentionally. You want to have a successful Christian experience? You come to church on purpose. You want really successful kids, healthy kids? Bring them to church on Wednesday nights. Get them in Sunday mornings. Get them involved in the programs. Getting this in them on purpose, intentionally, is uh, what makes a big impact in their lives. And I promise you, uh, the people who do this overwhelmingly have much more successful uh, Christian lives than those who do not. And it's just that simple. I've said this many times over the summer. A year from now, the people who will be struggling the most in life with the biggest crisis in your lives, listen to me, will be the ones who won't do this. I promise you, a year from now, the ones who everything's falling apart and the world's spinning and their marriage is falling apart and everything's collapsing are the people who aren't listening to me right now, who won't take this seriously. Nah, nah, it won't happen to me, it won't happen to me, and then they'll struggle. The people who buy in far and away a year from today will be stronger, healthier, their children healthier, everything in their life in a better place are the people who intentionally do this. Going to church and being part of learning about the Bible and stuff is a positive, intentional thing, right? Not just something that we do on occasion when there's nothing on TV, Right? Or if there's no game on, <laughs> that's the end of the world you're around here. And we go out of our way to make sure we're done before the game comes on. <laughs> because even I know God can't compete with the Packers. What am I going to tell you? <laughs> but people who, again, you do it intentionally, on purpose, even using the Packers as an example. You know, if they win and they do well, it's because they'll do it on purpose. They work really, 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 really hard, these guys. Now, say, well, they're just lucky because they're bigger and stronger than everybody. Well, I'm sure there's a factor of that, but there's a lot of big, strong guys who can't do any of that stuff, who don't do any of that stuff. Uh, they don't commit themselves to the level these guys do. They are really intentional about it. So, again, healthy kids, healthy marriage, healthy personal life, God blessing your life. There's a big difference between God blessing your life and having the blessings of God in your life and not having the blessings of God in your life. Somebody say Amen. There's a big difference. You get it on purpose. It's not lucky, all right? It's not accidental. God doesn't bless somebody else and not bless you because they're cuter than you. It doesn't work that way, or I'd be more blessed than everyone. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's not, not the way it works. So let me encourage you again. Be intentional. Be intentional. And I will constantly be saying this to you throughout the fall. Make this a major part of your life. It's a simple thing you can do where you put God first in your life, in your family's life. This is what we do on Sunday mornings. 
This is what we do on Wednesday nights. You put that into your life. I promise you, your life will be dramatically, not incrementally, but dramatically better. And it's proven out year after year after year. All right, now tonight, we're going to be doing baptism. I spoke on this a couple of Sundays ago. I want to go over just a few of these things again. In Romans, the sixth chapter, verse four, as we jump around the Bible looking at some of the verses that talk about baptism, Paul is writing to the Roman church. That's why it's called the book of Romans. And he's writing about baptism, trying to explain what happens in baptism. He says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And as I said a couple of Sundays ago, baptism is, I know it sounds very odd, but baptism is a celebration of death. It's a celebration of dying to the previous life without God. Everybody has to make a choice at some point in your life. Some people do it at a very young age. Uh, uh, others, you know, middle age. Others, they're geezers before they finally get this. But at some point, you have to make a decision. I am going to follow God in my life. Now, the church was really good at this in the early Christian centuries because everybody who came into Christianity uh, came in as converts. Uh, they just brought the gospel to pagans. They'd never heard of Christianity before. Uh, nobody you know, got to say, oh yeah, I've gone to church all my life. I mean, it didn't work that way. These people were, they had never heard about it. So they came to Christianity and there was this dramatic step where they now turned away from that and started following Jesus. After Christianity had been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, it started getting kind of lost because so many people started losing the idea of conversion. They think that, well, just because I was born into a Christian family, I'm automatically a Christian. Or I was born into a Christian organization. Or I went to church as a young kid, and I went through the rituals of the church. Therefore, I'm automatically a Christian. Uh, and, and I get that churches do that, but that's where they've really lost it. It's not about that. Just because you go to church doesn't necessarily make you a devout Christian any more than, you know, sleeping in your garage will turn you into a car, right? And, you know, in Green Bay, people love their garages. They do. I've talked about this before. It's a little creepy, actually. Because I don't remember this in Stevens Point. We didn't do that in Central Wisconsin, did we? Neil's, we never did. Green Bay is like people walk, it's like the garage is part of their living room. It's a big thing here, right? And they don't put cars in them. They put, you know, a little bar here and the other thing and the people hanging out and they're sitting in their lawn chairs in the garage rocking back and forth looking at people walking by. And it's like, what are you doing in your garage? I think it's so odd. I still don't get it. My, my garage, you can't get much else in it. I wish my wife was going to kill me if I don't straighten that out pretty soon. But I'm working on it, okay? But even once it gets clear, I highly doubt we'll be sitting there rocking in the garage, looking up, but hey, we're in a garage community. God bless the garage people, all right? Not criticizing, I'm just saying it's just, to those not born in Green Bay, it's a little, okay? But it is what it is. This is the town of the garage people. So anyway, just, why am I talking about it? It makes no sense. It has nothing to do with anything. So anyway, <laughs> he's so odd. Uh, you come here. So anyway, uh, so just because you sit in a garage doesn't turn you into a car. 
I guess that was my point. Any more than just sitting in a church automatically makes you a Christian. I think many, and, and it's not picking on one denomination, lots of churches have been around forever, have been guilty of this. I think because these little rugrats are born into the church that automatically, they're just, everybody's just a Christian. And they never get this sense of, hey, at some point, you need to decide for yourself. Are you going to follow God in your life? And everybody has to do this. Whether you're born into a church or not, whether they baptize, baptize you early or not, whether they did whatever things to you, or not, at some point, everybody has to make that decision. I am going to follow God in my life. Because up until that point, Everybody pretty much just does what they want to do, and they want to be very selfish. We all do this. We've all sinned. Everybody has sinned. No one can claim they are without sin, uh, you know, and that they're perfect and no mistakes and done everything God wants them to do. Nobody does that. So at some point in our lives, again, some people, it's a, a rather dramatic conversion. Mine was a fairly dramatic, even though I was young, 16 years of age, I was in rock and roll bands, drugs, you know, everything else. So when I got saved, it was a pretty dramatic, whoa going in a new direction. Others were pretty nice people. Uh, some of you were really nasty. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't, you know, at some point, it doesn't matter who you are, what you did, you decide, now I want to follow God. I want to follow Jesus in my life. And you make this commitment. It is at that point that we celebrate baptism. As I spoke a couple of weeks ago, that's why churches like ours don't baptize infants, because infants are not capable of that. I understand the establishing churches, why they do it. Again, it's part of this Christian tradition thing, but it's, that's not really how Christianity gets passed. Not a real experience with God. It has to happen as an adult, whether a very young adult or an old adult, whatever. You make that decision. Once you make that decision, yes, in my life, I am going to start honoring God in my life. Uh, that's when we do this thing. So he says, we are therefore buried with him through uh, baptism into death. So we now take our old life before this decision and we say, it is done. I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm not just going to ignore God in my life anymore. I'm just not going to do what I'm, whatever I did before. Again, some people, it was hardly anything. Others, dramatically, really nasty, mean, awful things that they did. But that's the point where you start to decide, I am now going to follow God in my life. That's what we do in baptism. That's what he said. Again, because everybody understood this early on. There wasn't that raised in the church mentality that has confused so many people even to this very day. They came and they made a willful decision. We celebrate tonight people in our congregation who have made a willful decision, all varying ages, uh, varying backgrounds, who now are going to proclaim, I am going to follow God in my life. So we now, uh, he says, we're buried with baptism into death and then we walk in a new life. We're actually, the reason of putting them in the water is like a, a, a it's like being Jesus being buried in his grave and then he came out, uh, you know, resurrected from the grave. That's the thing that we're doing. That's what we're symbolizing in baptism, uh, following after that. So then he says in a, uh, Second Corinthians, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. In Galatians, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The, now, the life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As you look at the New Testament teaching, the Christian teaching, this idea of this decision that everyone has to make is virtually impossible to miss. The only way you can miss it is you never read the Bible. That's why it's important to read the Bible. But they celebrated this over and over and over again, this idea of turning from the old life into a new life. And 
What we do with the old life is we bury it by faith. And we say we're going to walk in this new life. And I promise you, the people in life to this very day who struggle the most, even some very devout Christians who struggle the most in their lives are people who are constantly wrestling with their past. They struggle with their past. Their past was awful. Somebody did them wrong. Something terrible happened to me. You know, that's that and the other. And they struggle. And I understand. They struggle great. But the people who are the most victorious people as Christians are the ones who understand and grasp this concept. My past is dead and buried. It's dead and buried. There's some people who have gone through very minor offenses who still struggle with it because it happened in their past. There's others who've done 100 times worse offenses who walk much more free because they get this idea, I am a new person. If you don't separate this, your old past from your new past, you will struggle. Now, easier said than done, depending on what has happened to you in your past. Some of you have had some awful things. But once you really get this, that's why the Bible talks about it over and over again. Consider yourself dead. Reckon yourself dead. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. The old me doesn't live any longer. I'm a new person. There is this transformative thing. To a very real degree, my past is dead and buried. It no longer has sway over me. All the people who did me wrong, I don't have a problem forgiving them because that was the dead guy. It doesn't bother me anymore. I'm a new person. Seriously, this is powerful. If you go back and you're constantly reliving those old experiences and stuff, you will struggle greatly in life. And I will say this. If you do struggle, you say, Pastor, I have. I've been baptized, I've done, and I still really struggle. Well, then we have extraordinary efforts for you. I want to break the word down because if you say extraordinary, it sounds like amazing, but extraordinary is just extraordinary. That's what it is. Extraordinary is extraordinary. We have programs and things that will try to help you through that, but that's the whole time that we're working with you, trying to help you fix your past, is really trying to get you to understand you're free from your past. You don't have to do that anymore. Whatever happened to you does not have to determine your future. Your past, my past, does not determine my future. It doesn't. No matter, you know, in all honesty, I was a disaster. I was, and all kinds of failures and mistakes, and all oh, my teachers said, you'll be a nothing and a nobody. You'll never accomplish anything in life. They, you know, I was most likely, voted most likely to stink, you know, and get nowhere. But God has turned my life. Why? Because that, that guy, he's dead. <laughs> I know I was there. I buried him. Hallelujah. So that's really what we're celebrating. Once you get this, this will change your life. Have you decided in your life, I am now going to stop ignoring God in my life, and I'm now going to be intentional to follow God. If you have done that, it's called believing in Jesus and repenting. You turn away from what you're doing. The next step, the Bible says, is that is when you are baptized. That's why we baptize people who after, that is when, after they make that decision, and again, it'll be varying ages who've done this, that's when you get baptized. Well, that's why virtually everybody, well, everybody, not virtually, every person ever in the Bible that was baptized were all adults. They didn't do this to little time. Again, the church is starting to start doing this until hundreds of years in Christianity because they were trying to understand how do we deal with this if they're already born into Christianity. Well, the reality, even if you're born into it, you still need to come to that point in your life. Everybody, as an adult, has to make a decision, either to follow God or not to follow God. And that's what we're celebrating tonight for all the people. So all the people in uh, uh, Appleton that are getting baptized, all the people in Stevens Point, and then all the people here. So I'm going to wrap this up. 
Uh, you guys will go through it a lot faster because you, know, you have a lot fewer people to baptize. Uh, but the kids don't get done until eight o'clock. So just hang, and hang out with each other and talk and chat and share and just have a good time. We on the other hand have 30 people <laughs> here. So we're going to wrap this up. So who am I turning this over to? Bob? So anyway, we'll break away from the feed here. God bless you guys. We love you at the other campuses. Have a wonderful rest of the night. And then here in Green Bay, we're going to go forward and we're going to start baptizing people. Hallelujah. All right. Well, if we can have our band come out, they're going to play some uh, worship music. And as we do that, we're going to be baptizing people. So if everyone could just stand up together. And if you are being baptized tonight, uh, we would just ask that you head over towards that wall and line up. And uh, we're going to be baptizing you guys. So there'll be somebody over there to help you get up and down the stairs. And uh, Pastor Joe and I will head over there. And uh, we're excited about tonight. Let's all join together and worship God in this place. Aging our drummer. <clears throat> He's not getting baptized tonight, is he? That would have been a kind of a mix-up on our part. Yeah, these songs aren't as cool without the drums. Hold on, let me go find them. You guys can sit if you want. <laughs> we can all clap for him too when he gets out here.
everybody, everybody, everybody praise the Lord. Everybody, everybody, everybody praise the Lord. I thank the Lord for what, for what He's done in us. I thank the Lord for His love. I thank the Lord for what He's gonna do in us. From the heavens above I thank the Lord for the smile He's put on my face I thank the Lord for His grace yeah. I thank the Lord for the joy That He has given to me Cause now I know that I am really set free Everybody, everybody Everybody praise the Lord Your 
Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come brokenhearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come near. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. Oh, wanderer, come home. You're not too.
nothing worth more that will ever come close nothing can compare your living home your presence I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves When my heart becomes free and my shame is undone In your presence, Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord.
experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your
Hello. Well, considering Bob's a little damp right now, I guess I will close the service. What is wonderful? It's great to watch these people make this decision and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. And this is why we do what we do, continually presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ so people can come and commit their lives to him, to know him, and to grow in their faith. That's what all this is about as we do life together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the celebration of these who are professing their faith and decision to start to follow you in their lives. And greater blessings on each and every one and their families. Thank you for this time tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the gospel of Christ that changes our hearts that we can experience true forgiveness by putting our faith in Jesus who died on the cross for us. This we continue to celebrate. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless y'all.